If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Grimeric Show. Coming at you from uh, the new studio. I mean, I'm uh, mostly settled in on the farm with my Elon internet, Elon net. I don't have the Ethernet cord run yet, so I'm running right now on this, uh, fully on the SpaceX Starlink Wi-Fi at about uh, 50 or 60 feet away from the motor, as far as I could possibly be. It's like we're in op- opposite quadrants of the cube yeah, yeah that is the house so uh Sounds pretty good it's echoing a little bit but my my audio is now all of a sudden echoing a little bit back but uh, your audio is yeah you know once i get the cord i think it'll be really locked in we get some ethernet because dude i downloaded i downloaded a three gig file and you know not as quick as i was on the fiber obviously that would be like fucking 30 seconds or less for three gigs on the fiber but uh it was, I think, seven minutes. Because first of all, it popped up because I was downloading two files at once. So when it did the first, it popped up. It was like uh, fifty nine minutes or something. I was texting, I was like, "Well, dude, the show ain't coming out today either." Because you know, if it, it's just there's so much downloading and uploading that I was uh, going to say that's. I was just going to say I have to plan sort of that strategically through my day because it fucks up my computer and right? i gotta like when i leave my computer i have to get something downloading or uploading like this my internet's not good enough for what i need to do with, with like just with that type of thing down you know uploading videos to Substack and rockfin or whatever and downloading them and putting them on youtube and like all that stuff is just like juggling but then it like probably takes an hour for it to go up to Substack for me an hour and 45 to an hour and a half usually I don't know how. So up is a little slower. I'd have to see what up is like. So I'd have to try one to see what that is. Yeah. But uh, the three, the three gigger uh, download on the Starlink said fifty nine minutes, but then it like chunk 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 down yeah. right away, and I think it ended up right around seven minutes. So seven minutes. Yeah, that's not bad. Gig. Yeah, it's workable. I can deal with it. It's unlimited, so I don't have to worry about any of that. The other thing I was thinking too is like. If I have, if I get some solar and wind, dude, I would just have internet and power when everyone else is water, all of it, while everyone else is in the fucking stone age. I wouldn't even notice unless someone told me. I would notice the pictures on Twitter of other people tweeting about the catastrophe in Calgary. You need power before other shit, before that, though. You What's can't, that? Just, you can't just, you would need power for other stuff besides internet and, and, you know what I mean? Like you, you would your solar so, won't be enough to yeah, power. I was talking to buddy the other day. Just his fucking solar system is putting power back into the system. Really? Yeah. I heard you need to provide like 
three times your requirements with wind and solar for it to work like all year. If you were just to do that all year, you have to have like three. So I don't know. If maybe that's the best case scenario is when he's doing that. But, uh, you know, it's, it seems like the tech's there where it's not unsustainable to off grid your fucking house and still have, I mean, I'd lose the natural gas. Yeah. I remember uncle Danny. My, I'm sorry. My uncle Dave, uncle Dave, good old uncle Dave was a listener of the show way back. He, he had his house off grid in the forest back in the eighties, I think, or nineties. I'd like to. I think it was real, real hard for him to do that. I mean, it wouldn't be easy today, but it'd be good to have some sort of a backup system in place to like, yeah, hold all good. But all in all, I guess I'm pretty happy with the with the Starlink. It's been pretty good. Yeah. And you got a perfect place there with a view and a good big yard. And I mean, honestly, you scored the fucking perfect place. That's great. Yeah, there was pheasants in the driveway today. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wasn't here. Yeah. They would be dead pheasants. Yeah. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't shot something off the porch in your first week? Not yet, no. The kids were out... Uh, with the horses, though, so they're loving it, and they're bouncing off the walls. They're so excited. Right on. Yes, been good settling. Good. All of us knew all that shit. So, so this Party is a great, match. this is a great show with uh, Mike from Mike Midnight, Mike from OBDM, our big dumb mouth. It's a weekly conspiracy paranormal news talk show. If you take Coast to Coast AM and mix it with Howard Stern, you have OBDM. Actually, we kind of thought ours was coast to coast without ads for a while there. It was coast to coast, but on demand. That's what we call it. OBDM is a live podcast and talk show hosted by Midnight Mike and Joe uh, with listeners like you who call into the show and share their opinions on the topics we discuss, which include UFO, Bigfoot, conspiracies, paranormal, ancient civilizations, current events, and more. I'd say they're kind of like a mix between no agenda and us, really. Except less interviews, just more sort of talk on the mysterious stuff. But yeah, it's a great show. We talk about UFOs and disclosure and black cubes. He goes through a whole bunch of like, whole bunch of cases, like contact cases with black cubes. It's pretty creepy, really. There's lots that's happened in the, we only recorded this last week, I think. And man, so much has happened. The, the UAP disclosure thing already got fucking kiboshed. What happened? No, I don't know about any involved. Yeah, like it's just now it's like a dead end, and now they're trying to revive it. It's just it's just so much. There's so much going on right now. It's crazy. So, uh, dude, did you see? I got a. Uh, I can't. I don't have the whole thing. I, I suppose I could probably get it, but I'm not going to bother. But I have at least uh, the start of a review here for you. Oh boy! The okay. other cool thing is we have been getting some new. Plus signups, which is nice. So tell your friends to sign up for um, our other podcasts if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Sign up for this podcast if you're not into that kind of thing. Then sign up for this podcast, even for a buck a month, two bucks a month, or a one-time mean, donation, or one-time donation. Whatever you can do, we are hurting for a squirting over here. We could just use whatever you can spare. Um, so I got uh, a review. I had to call the government to move my handguns. Honestly, between you and I, I already moved them a few days ago, but I was like, shit, I better call them. So they emailed me a, a form to print out to have with me in case I got pulled over on the way. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't know how that ties in. It was just like a sweet lady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a review for you. Grammarica Outlawed. So this is our other podcast. A slow downfall. One star. Oh, nice. I've been listening to Outlaw and Grammarica for about five years. And it started out really well. It started out really well. Great and deep conversations. It's about great, wrong. Uh, And deep conversations about conspiracy, magic, and the human condition. However, beginning around Trump, speeding up during COVID, and geometrically growing, now the boys have slipped closer and dot, dot, dot. What do you think the rest is? Oh, you mean, does it continue or are we supposed to just totally it continues. get it? No, like it continues. To, uh, to Q, QAnon, maybe? Or uh, anti-Semitism? Or, uh, I don't know, what could it be? Anti-vax? Anti, Anti-globalism? I don't know. What would it be? However, beginning around Trump speeding up during COVID and geometrically growing, now the boys have slipped closer and closer to a less loving and accepting, spelled accepting wrong, mode of existing. I pulled my monetary support when the conversation started to edge more and more towards homophobia, transphobia, Islamophobia, and anti-Semitism. Oh, wow. They got that in there, too. Both of them. Yeah. Hopefully they'll find a way out of it, but it doesn't seem likely. (laughs) From pregnant and scared. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, sorry. No, sorry that you feel that way. Sorry we hurt your feelings somehow. We must. I mean, you don't get a review like that. What about all the the episodes where love is the answer? We talk about love and acceptance and all that. It doesn't count anymore because we're not. It doesn't count anymore. Because we, because we, because we, we're not agreeing with some of the agenda. Different flavor of hate. Yeah. Yes. Are you homophobic? I don't. I don't remember being homophobic. Is that because you said the word gay? I'm not scared of gays. I'm not scared. But I mean, how does homophobic? How is it like these are the accusations again that just really? I don't know. Kind of why my kids will be taught about uh, whether or not they're gay in, in school. Or trans. I mean, I mean, I'm a little transphobic. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> dude. I get a little scared sometimes these days. You know, if I see, especially you know, you see some of them are crazy looking, and it's just like there's a trend of uh, non-binary motherfuckers shooting some shit up. You know, not dudes like me, not hunting and gun enthusiasts. Seem to be the least likely people. Well, actually, Grant's probably the least likely person. To shoot a place up and it turns out that by the numbers maybe if you're uh you know a gender swapper you tend to be a little higher up there so i'm like honestly I'm a little transphobic they do scare me a little not a lot not enough to like you know show it but yeah i'm definitely like paying attention i'm just like paying did, attention did that come in after our last episode maybe after our last round well, no, 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 no. This came in uh, probably, I think it solidified probably around that church shoot up there. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's sad. Well, sorry to lose a listener and a, you know, a paying customer too. I mean, that. I mean, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to tell you. But I'm not homophobic. 
No, some of that is definitely over. Some of that is overblown for sure. I mean, see, this is the problem. You, you start talking about the stuff and then people accuse you of being anti, anti something that you're not. Anti. We've even stayed the middle on the whole Israeli thing. Not all of them. But because you said the J word, I mean, that might be enough. Just saying the J uh, word. Jews, Jews, Jews. Hey, uh, what about, I was right about the Semites, right? Is that, maybe that's why, because you asked the question about that. Ooh, was, was that Islamophobic or anti-Semitic? Yeah, I, mean? I don't know. How are you? How are we both? Are we being both? Shame. Is that, oh, well, maybe we're in the middle, so we're both. Could be. I'm just a fucking Indian man who's sick of the Canadian government. That's, I mean, honestly, yeah. that's my that's my real problem is with the government. Yeah. I could even get along with most of the fucking immigrants, but I don't know where you're going to sleep. There's no houses around. It's a real shame. But Yeah, uh, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's, okay, let's not get into it. And I don't want to pay for it. That's really the, I had to sign an NDA today. Oh, boy. Yeah. Does that mean I can't talk about it? Well, I mean, yeah, but what you could say what it is, I guess, couldn't you? Can I guess? Can I guess? It's okay. Can I guess? But it's for a concentration camp build? Nope. Uh it's for a uh a battery plant? Nope. I'm not uh, Korean enough to build a battery plant in Canada. <laughs> What is Last it? Yeah, one, one, one more. One more. Um, it's for a uh, um, a carbon sequestration factory. Like trees? You mean a tree farm? No, no. Like just some oh. other weird fangled thing. It's for an, it's for a, a a nitrogen nitrogen factory. Did you know that ninety one percent of uh all the trees in Canada that were here when the when the white dudes show up are still here. Ninety-one percent, probably mostly in southern Ontario and Quebec that they cut down. I suppose. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I thought anyway. I digress. Yeah, but the people aren't going to get up to the Northwest Territories. I mean, they've been talking about the Northwest Territories a lot, and I saw somebody do a video on it. It was really fascinating. Yeah, I see. Sent me that. I'd seen that before. We should. That, that looks dope, right? Yeah, I thought I was talking to the boys about. It. I was like, you get up there, there's spots where humans haven't been. Period. Yeah. Like you just walk down some game trail and you no know humans ever been there before. Yeah, yeah. Randall wants to do a trip up there, an event. Randall does not way up there. Yeah, dude, that's and not in the Northwest Territories. This is what they're telling me. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand how remote it is up there. Like you can't even get in. Like you can't even drive. There's no gas. I mean, you can't even drive without you know gas to drive in. You'd have to fly in or or boat in. Well, not to. I don't know if it's to that park specifically. No, no, I know, but outside of Yellowknife, Yellowknife is like over half the population of the entire territory. Yeah, and there's only like what five hundred thousand there, fifty thousand. Dude, it's fifty-five thousand. The whole fucking territory is fifty-five thousand. The whole all of Northwest Territory is fifty-five thousand. Fifty-nine thousand people. Yeah. It's like a suburb of Calgary. Well, maybe when the polls shift, that's like that's where everybody will go to. I mean, there'll be lots of so I, so I, I got a lake right over here, about a half mile, and then I have a 
the dude, there's that big fertilizer fucking factory. It's a little ways. Probably. Oh, 10 miles. That's not bad, though, you know, to get some fertilizer to shit like that. What's your NDA about them? Oh, uh, jail, jail retrofit. Jail, okay. I don't think they, why are they retrofitting? They don't put people in jail anymore. Except for like, except for freedom, except for people that want freedom. There's definitely some people in jail. Can confirm. Doesn't look like a fun place to be. I can say that. Does not look good. I couldn't imagine. I'm glad I didn't end up junkied up enough to end up there. That being said, if I would have, that's a place where I would have belonged. I was scared straight, you know? Anyway. What you got? Well, I mean... I want to talk about uh, Rand- speaking of Randall Carlson. His newsletter came out, and he's got a little update in his newsletter. I want to just point people to that. It's about the Malcolm Bendall clean tech, the tech that's been being built based on sacred geometry and ancient wisdom. Oh, here before I finish that, what's up with the geometrically expanded on that on that bad review? Oh, I don't know what that means. No, I don't know. I thought maybe it was too soon. I thought it maybe it was too smart for me, but it might no. have been too stupid. I wasn't sure. So, anyways, Randall, like uh, exponentially is that what he's going yeah. for? Because <laughs> exponentially, I'd have to be like burning Jew Ephesus or something, doing it, wouldn't I? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just but I had to get crazy fast. That's like some red ice radio shit. I mean, we know we went down a certain path, but it's to, to us, it's more of a path towards freedom than against tyranny than any other sort of ideology really i think that would be the basis of it kind of hard you kind of get pushed to one side even when you try to stay in the middle anyways so he's talking about this this you know clean energy right it, we, you hook this this thing up this apparatus and um there's plans on the internet you can even make they can even people are making them themselves and it it increases the efficiency of, of these gas-powered engines, and it also transmutes the exhaust. Like, it changes the exhaust, and it brings the exhaust to, like, 20% oxygen and gets rid of the carbon dioxide and the other harmful exhaust. And he's been in Zurich, Switzerland, testing this in the Tesla tech here. Um, I think there's some people building stuff in Australia. Uh, there's a bu- been a bunch of other people, like, corroborating the evidence. So he basically, I'm not going to go through all of it, but there's a whole bunch of links in there. And I'll put one link from the Martin Fleischman Memorial YouTube channel with Bob Green uh, Greenier in there talking about it. But in the end, he says, uh, where is it here? He says, quite simply, it works, even though there's no consensus yet as to exactly how it works. Following our series of links to help anyone who was interested in learning more to begin a journey into the extraordinary world of plasmoids. So it's this plasmoid tech. So there's an update and it's still, these things are working as planned apparently. So the future is going to be good. Allegedly. I mean, it is good. I mean, I'm, I'm living the dream, bro. Really? There's a huge hill I go up. Like when I leave and I drive in the morning, I go straight up. Up this huge hill for like 
10K, maybe six. Then when you get to the top, you can see the whole city of Calgary and the mountains. It's fucking wild. But, uh, what, yeah, you, what? what the hell is that? Well, I don't know if it has a name. I mean, it's like, it'd be pretty vast, but it's like, uh, I don't want to say too much. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you come here, when are you coming here? You're coming to town soon, aren't you? Uh, in a few weeks. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Yeah. You're, you're coming to visit, right? Uh, I'll, I'll visit you. Yeah. For a bit. But I'm not really visiting. I'm not going there to visit. I'm just going there to stop in. And uh, help me fix the big holes in my wall. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you might want to have some of that done before I get there so I can help you paint. Just like put some mesh. If I'm trying to fix those big holes, it's going to just take forever for the thing to dry and all that. What do I put over top of it? Is there some stuff? Yeah, put something in behind to block it and then put some mesh over top and then just like muddy, just put some like... Dude, they don't just have some shit that I can peel and stick yet. Yeah, yeah, they probably do. Yeah, peel and stick it over. But you might want to have a little backing behind it and then just put some mud on it. And... You should invent something. Oh, I'm sure they have. <laughs> dude, remember Wingnut before he died? That dude made him fucking mint off fucking just those stupid little things you put on your car tires so that you can pull your garden hose around it. He sold it to Canadian Tire. Wow. Didn't he invent that uh, that welding nozzle thing too? Yeah, I don't see those around as much anymore. I I, I put money into his company. Yeah, we both did. We have some shares around here somewhere, I think. Yeah, I mean, we should should we find out what what's going on with that? Imagine if that was our imagine if that was our golden ticket in the end. (laughs) Somebody somebody took it. (laughs) The poor guy. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like 500 bucks each or something like that. Um, yeah, it wasn't a lot. I can't remember. I probably paid for both of us at the time. We should see if Bendel wants to trade. Yeah. There's some welding handle shares. Yeah, but that would be funny if it's just like exploded and we didn't even know it. I think I would notice. I yeah. think I tried to look a few years ago to find it and I couldn't find anything about it. So I figured it just fizzled out into nothing, you know? I'm kind of in all those places where I should see them. Yeah. If they were taken off. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People would be trying to sell them to me all the time. Yeah. And they're not. So, and they used to be on the counter at some of the retailers, but now they're not. So, but, but I remember that was the first place I ever seen a 3D printer. Remember? Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Probably 2015 or something. 20. Maybe twenty, maybe more. Before maybe that, 20, like before we exponentially went down the path to the anti. You know, before we, before we turned into anti-Semitic, uh, uh, homophobos. Yeah. yeah, we did do some shows on phobos, homophobos. Anyway, uh, roundups have been good. We're doing another one tomorrow. If you guys want to check that show over on America Outlawed, we've been getting some pretty good feedback on those. So they say it's like. Uh, it's like more structured, lazy rambling. So I don't know. Maybe you guys want to check that out. We'll be releasing one tomorrow night over on our Grand America Outlawed feed. Uh, anything else you want to get to? I mean, I got a billion things to do around here. No, that's about it, I think. Yeah. 
We got bio. Apparently, we're putting more time into that outlawed stuff. So, no, I talk. I don't have a bio. I talked. I mentioned it all. He's oh, he's uh, co- also co-host of Union of the Unwanted. I was on there tonight, actually. So, the on December fourth, I think it comes out on audio everywhere as well. After this, it was a great show. What'd you guys talk about? Uh, alternative media and what's going on in the world. Kind of, it was good. Anything anti-Semitic? Uh, nope. Homophobic? Nope. Transphobic? Nope. I'm surprised. Now you know. I'm surprised. Misogynistic was none of this. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. That you might actually bite there. Yeah. That's probably the closest. And anti-jab wasn't on there either. Like, oh, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Vaccinated I'm definitely people. proud of my aunties, but I just don't agree with all those aunties. I mean, we're in the middle on most of them, but I am anti-Sum. I, I thought you meant like aunties. Stick by them. Stick by them. Like for, for Indians, aunties is like your bitches. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, Mike's great. I mean, honestly, we've been kind of doing this side by side uh, for a decade. Back when I was allowed on Twitter. I haven't crafted my note yet, but uh, I'm still planning to do that. So yeah, you should. The I, I do think you I do think you'll get back on if if the, if somehow they can get through the Canadian government, uh, which is really censoring. I mean, that might be why you just get this reply because they have to go and ask somebody else if you can get back on. They they don't have control over this. somebody. This Canadian government is involved. Think so. Yeah, there's an extra step they have to go through. It's not just them. You're not just a U.S. citizen asking for it back because of some weird, uh, ambiguous hate speech rule. This is a Canadian who's perceived to be talking bad to Canadian politicians. It's because of Canadian laws. They follow, they try to follow the country's laws, right? So somehow you're, you're hateful. In Canada. Hateful. I'm an Indian, so don't matter. I know you like have Canada. to put that in your letter. I'm, like, not you in Canada. Canada. I'm the most censored Indian in Canada right now. Canada's in me. All right. How's it feel to be in me? Yeah, exactly. Fucked up, right? Canada took Maybe my life. True. What? Canada took, took my, my and then took my Twitter. And then they took my Twitter. Yeah. Sons of bitches. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed our lazy ramblings, lazy anti Semitic homophobic ramblings. Uh, we hope you enjoy the chat. Hope you support the show. Go to America.ca slash support. Uh, we're losing customers, I guess, because of our hate. Uh, other than that, we love you guys. Um, enjoy the chat. One and only, wonderful Midnight Mike.
right, Midnight Mike, welcome to Grimerica. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Welcome back, I guess, maybe. Have you, have you been here before? Yeah, you've been here. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, I think Darren... We swapped cast it. Yes, yeah. I think we did while, a long time yeah. ago, yeah, probably ago. 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What an interesting time to talk to you about all this. I mean, so much is going on in the UFO world. And, and now that I'm on, I've been on X for a few months and just seeing this UFO Twitter stuff, I mean, I cannot believe how big the community is and how fucking complex it is. Like, I... I haven't really tried to keep up, but I, there's no way I could keep up if I tried. I mean, I just like just sort of watch it from the periphery, sort of save a couple things here and there, and just you know what a what a fascinating time. It's divisive, uh, especially over there on on Twitter or X, whatever you want. To, I call it Twitter still, but uh, it is it, it is uh, divisive because every new piece of information that comes out about UFOs, well, you got the people like Mick West and uh, Black Vault. Um, they're more, I guess, level-headed. Uh, Mick West is uh, a renowned skeptic, and will will really. I don't know if you guys curse on it. Ant fuck the hell yeah, out yeah. of yeah, ahead, any yeah. any kind of of UFO. He and he, he's a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a bore when it comes to this kind of stuff. But then you have like things like the MH three seventy. That really uh, gained momentum uh, within the past three, four months, and uh, it's very divisive. It's almost as divisive in the like in the uh, Bigfoot community, where people in the Bigfoot community they both believe in Bigfoot, but one believes that it is a North American primate, and the other believes that it is paranormal and UFO related. And those two groups in the Bigfoot community hate each other. That's kind of what's going on on uh, UFO in the UFO community right now. So how would you define those two sides then? Or is there more than two sides? Like, would you just say there's the there's the sort of the skeptic side that doesn't believe anything the government's saying right now? And there's the people that think that E.T. is, you know, that E.T. is happening. I mean, we had a we had a guy from L.A. on it, like a researcher that's been doing this for like 20 years. And, you know, he's going to all the conferences. I think he had a book or something out. And, and I couldn't believe how how much he thought uh, that E.T. What was it? How he just thought that. um he just really was holding on to the whole ET thing, even with this government disclosure thing. You know, it was pretty shocking. I think that there's there's uh, three or four sides to the UFO phenomenon. Like, so you have side one, which is I would say the UFO skeptic, um, like the hardcore skeptics, like uh, Mick West, who are intrigued about UFOs, but then will do anything and everything to debunk. Uh, a UFO video will even, uh, I would say, make up some stuff or really use hyperbolic attacks uh, to try to make his point. Then you got people like John Greenwald, uh, Black Vault, who's really also interested in UFOs, but does FOIA requests and is only really interested in government-related documentation, real evidence. He doesn't get into the woo-woo stuff. He doesn't speculate about really what these things could be. He only really reports what he finds. And I, I respect him for that. He is, he doesn't, he doesn't get into speculation too much. And, and I really respect that, uh, respect that. And so when it comes to like all the government disclosure that, that has been going on, he's been all over that and trying to use what people say, like in hearings, uh, as a point of a FOIA request that he can make. 
So right. if, they, if they mention like a one particular word, they just like, I got to do a FOIA request on that word and see if that returns anything. So you got to read, this guy's been doing it for over 20 years. Like the guy is incredible. Um, and then you, then you have people like, uh, I would say like Richard Doland, who is, uh, one of my favorite UFO researchers seems, uh, fairly even handed, uh, practical person. Historian. And, yeah. Historian. And he is, I, of the opinion that, uh, a lot of what the most recent whistleblower like David Grush is saying is accurate and stuff that has been in the UFO community for a very long time, decades. Um, and then you have the people that now that the government is saying something, they reject it out of hand, which is fairly reactionary. And I, I don't think is a, a very healthy way to look at things. Right. Well, I, I remember I that. in that camp. But that's not totally fair because I just kind of been rejecting it out of hand the whole time. So yeah, yeah. You haven't I really changed it a little more. Disclosure. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. anything, it's just more. I just look at it as like more evidence yeah. in my camp that it's just been them fucking with us the whole time. But I mean, something weird is going on, you know, because I go out and I see crazy shit flying around the sky too. I don't think it's all the government. I'm not sure. I think it's aliens, though. I think it's. I think it's just some weird natural phenomena that we just, nobody really knows what the fuck's going on. Maybe they do. I think certain I people know. I, th I think there's probably like 500 people in the world that have an approximation of what may be going on. And they probably, it, and it's probably a fairly complex situation. And it's, pr it's probably not something as simple as these different people from, Star, a couple star systems away. It's probably a lot more complex than that. And it has a mix of um, ancient, paranormal. yeah, para, probably paint, uh, paranormal and uh, ancient civilizations that once lived here. And we are just, uh, we're just now discovering it. Um, like after like the great cataclysm, 50,000 to 70,000 years ago, um, there was a civilization before that, most likely. And uh, did that civilization just get totally wiped out? Or did they take their technology and go underground and just hang out there? And we kind Dude. of evolved in a parallel way up here. I think they went, there was two different things. Now, I don't, I don't, so I don't think, I think we are the underground people. And, uh, and we came above ground after the Younger Dries kind of thing? We came above ground after something. And there's like... A few of us, you know, maybe we came out at different times or in different places. You know, I think that because some people say the white people were underground and that's why they're white. But I think it's just because the white people came out from underground up north and the, the black people came out from underground at the equator. And, you know, the brown us browns came, you know, a little in between or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, because all that shit, I think it happened pretty quick, man. I think you could do skin tone and like. 200 years probably 200 years. yeah so happened fucking fast i think faster than people think uh, yeah but, i mean take a look at people from the 1940s and 50s and look at people now there is a difference in just the way people look back then versus now so yeah i think it it could happen and i think that so, that's why the the, the, comp, the the situation about ufos is so complex it's not just one answer it's probably a few different answers and that that would throw people for a loop so anyway, to finish that thought, I think we're the underground people that came up at all different times. Maybe some of us weren't even underground. Maybe some of us just eked it out because we were on the right side of the planet when the last shit went down. 
But at some point in this motherfucker, whether it was the last time or the time before that or the time before that, some fucking people escaped in the moon, dude. And there's, I don't know if they're still living up there, but if that, you know, that's like, if there's UFOs flying around and that's where they're coming from, in my opinion, they're coming from that fucking moon. Well, there's a lot of evidence to point to that. There's a lot of uh, crazy, right? And there's a lot of the anomalies with the moon are too much. They're too much. So the moon is the one for me that it's like, that's the one. That's the thing that it's either boom. We live in a simulation or there is a God or, you know, there's a higher power, some sort to compute that shit. Or it's some sort of weird electric universe thing that has these laws so that these sizes have to be that way. And, we just can't understand it. Or, you know, all those crazy occultists at NASA just made up the numbers, you know, and didn't think we would notice. But the crazy, like, shit between the moon, the sizes of the moon and the rotations in the system and stuff like that is fucking bonkers. It's too much to be a coincidence. I agree. And then it just see, fits perfectly over the sun. I mean, yeah, yeah, nice. well, that. And it's like, what is it? It's like 27 point. And I don't have all the numbers in front of me, so I might miss them, but it's like 27 point nine days to do a rotation and it's 27.9 percent the size of earth and uh earth's 366 percent the size of the moon and it takes 366 days to go around the sun and there's it just goes on and on and on like i've there's a couple people and there's that book who built the moon that's got all the crazy stats and dude i was really listening to this book and i'm like now nah, this is fucking nuts so i'm like stomping and i'm going to nasa and i'm going to thing and i'm like what the fuck is going on and uh it's kind of like yesterday with that vaccine meme where it was like the eclipse and then 1,211 days and then the shot on another eclipse and then fucking 1,211 days and then there's another eclipse. It's like, dude, I'm like on the thing because I'm like, no, this has got to be bullshit. This has got to be some bullshit. But then it's like, fuck, this shit's real. So, you know, I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm, dude, I'm telling you, some of the people that I would consider the smartest motherfuckers I know have told me some shit about the moon that that just put me over the top they won't like really talk about it publicly so i won't say who they are because you know they don't want people talking about them and the moon i guess or maybe it's going to come out eventually i'm not going to be the guy to spoil it i mean the people who know probably know already who i'm talking about (laughs) but uh dude i've sat through a couple hours of slides and i'm just like at the end of just my fucking brains on the floor man because there's fucking there's no way that that the moon isn't the ark. That moon ain't the ark. Because and then you look at the moon up in the sky, and all of the I mean, assuming the pictures are showing us of the far side are real, which you know maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But if they are, their own evidence shows us that it's the front side of the moon, the side that we see all the time, that is the most beat to shit. Did you? I so I got to look into the story. But you guys hear that uh, some people fed in like the the NASA moon landing photos to AI, and AI de- determined that they were fake. Oh, yeah, I'm sure of it. I don't think they went to the moon. I don't think they could get there at the time. And I think, you know, I don't think you can go there. I don't think they let you get there. Well, regardless, there does appear to be something at least hovering around there. There's many different videos online that people can just look up and see weird objects traversing the face of the moon. And see, you can see a shadow. So it's like there, there's plenty of anomalies up there. And so Lord knows what lives up there or if we have a base up there or if it's even really what they claim it to be. Uh, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. Well, whatever's watching us, you know, what, like 
like with all the UFO disclosure, they're 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 like focusing on craft and all these weird different crafts that uh, U.S. military have seen. Reputable sources like the Tic Tac, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the the most interesting that has been reported is a clear uh, a clear or, or, like, sphere yeah. w- with a with a black cube in the inside yeah. of it. And, uh, and that was witnessed by a few different, uh, people in the military. And I was like, oh, that's, that's very curious that they would say like such a specific thing, almost like a Borg cube or something like that. And so whatever is visiting us, uh, appears to be wanting to kind of stay out of the fray for the most part, not be, uh, too overt with their, with their, with their, presence here and they seem to want to collect things they like to collect things from the environment they like to collect people animals and our dna over time it's not just a one and done situation they want to keep visiting us and checking up on things like it's their homework and how do you think they're going to respond to this accelerated disclosure and all so many people now actually like believing or at least uh researching the anomalies so this is this is the uh well, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It almost seems like the phenomenon is a reflection of us. Like, yeah. uh, like you, how we look in into, like, if you go up to a lake, you see your reflection. It's distorted. It might be longer. It might be spread out. There might be ripples in it, but it seems like it's, it's, it, but it's an approximation of you. It might be 20% bigger than you. It might be a little smaller. I think this phenomenon is a reflection of us in some way. Like as like in the back in the 1940s and 50s, when there were humanoid encounters, they were mostly of a humanoid nature. Like they met people like uh, George Adaminsky met people from Venus. So he claimed and they looked very human. And, and then it turned darker as our world turned much darker. So did the experiences with humanoids turned into a much darker thing. And it was almost like it was a reflection of our psyche. And so it embodied that and continued to engage us in that way. The darker we got, it took on those aspects. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, they're even talking about the hitchhiker effect in like in the government. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. sort of an accepted thing. Like all of a sudden, I mean, regardless of whether you believe a government, like I don't trust them at all, but. But I mean, just the fact that they're talking about all this stuff openly and not ridiculing it anymore. I mean, that we've come so far in the last couple of years here, the last year. I mean, the hitchhiker effect, I guess, is where where people have these sightings and uh, and they take the phenomena home with them, basically, right? Yeah, and then it can spread to other people. It's almost like a, like a virus, if you will, a cold, and uh, that, that's a. a a real thing and uh, like some people who visited visited skinwalker ranch picked it up and they took it back to their their neighborhoods i think that was documented in the the book uh, skinwalkers at the pentagon but yeah i like when it comes to the government i want to believe that there are and there i I probably a good majority of people who work in government probably believe that they are doing the right thing and that they're good people at the at the end of the day but there are people probably in, in positions of power who want to hold on to that power and will do anything to hold on to it. And they'll claim national security. They'll claim that uh, we have to do it. The public's not ready. So they'll they'll do messed up stuff in order like, to keep that secret. Like the three mics and a Mitch recently? Uh, which well, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm familiar with that. 
the Mike Johnson, the Mike. Oh uh, yeah, those three guys. mics. There are three mics and a Mitch that uh, that fucking kibosh this whole thing. I mean, not that I trust you know what's going on. Mitch and Mitch. What? Yeah. Is that glitching, Mitch? Yeah, glitching, Mitch is kiboshing the. It's unbelievable, and you know what the thing is? I don't even trust. Like Schumer's probably one my one of my least favorites, and it's his thing that he. And it's like he's doing it because of his old buddy Harry Reid, and him and Harry Reid good friends. And Harry Reid was uh, all about this. And like I don't like much of Schumer's politics, and same with Harry Reid. But I respect them when they are trying to push for transparency on this topic. And so if Schumer Schumer can get this in there, great. But one of uh, Ohio congressmen, I forget his name, but you know, in the Dayton area where Wright Patterson Air Force Base is and who just so happens to have a lot of uh, donators from defense contractors uh, said, hey, this uh, the Schumer Act is going to be a duplicate of the AARO and we can't have a duplicate uh, government program. Oh, no, heaven forbid. <laughs> so that was the reasoning that he gave. And now I think they are trying to get it back in there, but with less teeth. So it wouldn't have as much enforcement power and there wouldn't be any sort of requirement to disclose anything that was of national security importance. So that's basically everything, I suppose. Right. Huh. And, and they're, then- they're, they're not talking. So this is, they're all talking about craft. They're talking about technology. They're not talking about uh, UFO or alien abductions yet. They're not talking about that yet. That has yet to come. You think that's going to come up? I think ultimately that's probably why they're somewhat guarded about this is that the humanoid encounters and alien abductions um, probably take on two different forms. One that are actually performed by uh, non-humans. And then there are the ones that are performed by humans called my labs. And that would open up a whole can of worms if it was to, be disclosed that the military or military contractors are abducting humans because they saw somebody else abducting humans and they wanted to find out why that human was abducted. So we had to abduct them. Right. Like it's basically basically a fake it until you make it situation. They find out someone was abducted by a UFO. Then you have to abduct them to do your own interrogation. So is that, is like most of the people who get my lab are like, already so they're getting double dipped it seems that way uh at least in some instances uh where there is a person that has uh, a ufo contact and then the next night or within 48 hours uh they're they're taken and they're interrogated about what they were told what the communication was what was the nature of the communication and that may persist for um, a few days. There are other instance, instances of my lab where people are just taken and experimented on, either put in, put in like uh, liquid vats to test uh, technology for mitigating G-forces, um, MKUltra-related stuff, breaking your, uh, your personality into multiple different pieces to compartmentalize information. Um, so this is all carryover. So the, like the my lab stuff, uh, can't be separated from MK Ultra related uh, stuff. Um, a lot of the like the the MyLab stuff is is revolving around uh, trying to dig out what is possible from a human brain. They want to know what is possible, what is capable of doing, and what it takes to get you there. 
It's fascinating. I mean, I think that's why they, I think that's one of the main reasons why they want to keep a lid on all this kind of phenomena stuff too, is because I don't think they want us to know how powerful we are as spiritual beings. Yeah. Like uh, if uh, everyone can have the ability, does have the ability to be somewhat psychic, is it some other people are more uh, naturally gifted at it? Uh, that would be a, a big uh, kind of like, huh, well, why don't we use that right now? Why are we told that like uh, psychic abilities are BS or all that kind of stuff? Basically, why have we been told uh, everything we believe is a lie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. did you hear that? Did you hear the uh, the news like yesterday? Like, oh, there's big news coming out. Big news coming out about this. Like right after the, you know, they were putting the kibosh on it, and then that uh, the Daily Mail came out with something exclusive: CIA's secret office has conducted UFO retrieval missions on at least nine crash sites around the world, whistleblowers reveal. So, of course, it's a bunch of anonymous, uh, you know, anonymous sources. I think they say sources in here like nine times or something like that. So nobody's really buying it, but interesting nonetheless that, you know. Yeah, it's kind of taking the wind out of the sail of the other stuff because uh, that was that story was heavily promoted and interesting but what more can i glean from it like this is like the so okay the cia is being named well we've always believed that they've had some hand in the ufo program and it would make sense uh so what more like this is just another nail in in the coffin here of like Okay, what more information do we need? Either they're flat out lying to us, which we believe, or they're making this all up to cover something else up. Either or, if they're covering up even worse stuff by using UFOs, then I want to know that too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there's the whole there's the whole meme going around now about how it's uh, how what what are they calling it? It's it's dangerous. It's uh, hmm, you you probably know what this is. It's destruct. Disclosure is going to be massively destructive or uh, dangerous, or I can't remember the words they're using, but there's a whole like sort of aspect yeah. around where they this they did a so how put off um, in 2004 they did a disclosure uh, like think tank and they ran through all these different scenarios of how society would react to alien disclosure and they concluded that it would be detrimental to society for whatever reason they didn't go i didn't read the specifics of why they led down that but i i've heard that multiple times from people smarter than i that uh, think that the disclosure of an extraterrestrial presence here on earth would be disrupted to society and would cause massive upheaval was it specifically about ets it's going to turn out to be the lizards that are running the place. That's the problem. That's, yeah, that could be it. It could be that they are already here and walking among us. Um, I think that uh, Robert Bigelow is of that opinion. And certainly John Keel was of that opinion, too. Yeah. Did Somebody's accusing, uh, he says that uh, werewolf hunter and UFO believer... Jay Stratton introduced Grush to Elizondo. Elizondo then introduced Grush to Scientologist Hal Putoff. Um, these, along with Eric Davis and Travis Taylor, were the evidence source that Grush took to Congress. You were being taken for a ride. <laughs> well, to help a ride, if so. Um, 
like uh, that whole old school how put off uh, Jack's uh, Safani uh, circle is interesting. They're smart people. And uh, you know, L. Ron Hubbard put him in there, too. They were uh, at this epicenter back in the, the, the 50s of trying to get ahead of what UFOs are and doing research into it. And it gets it gets to be a mixed up world where you do have some intersection of why L. Ron Hubbard is involved in this and right next to important other people like Hal Putoff, who helped run you know, Project Stargate and that kind of stuff. And uh, like Russell Targ and all those people. It's a, it's a weird mixed up people, a world with all these people now in their 80s, some 90s. Uh, we're at the the epicenter of all this crazy stuff we're now digesting and we might be taking for a ride. Um, but some of the information also might be legitimate, like 10% yeah, but, but, might be legitimate. But we always keep coming back to there's something going on. There is a phenomenon there. I mean, there's so much there evidence. Is. It's unbelievable. It's just, we just don't know about what the government knows necessarily, but there's something massive going on. I mean, not only was it uh, the guys you were talking about in the fifties, but a lot of these prominent sci-fi writers were hanging around with them at the time too. And oh, absolutely. got really famous. It's super fascinating how they were part of this whole group. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. So wh whatever the government knows, there are people experiencing things on their own, regardless of the government. They are seeing craft in the sky. They're, they're being abducted. They have weird encounters with weird humanoids in every decade. Um, I grabbed a few of just people like encountering weird humanoids with black boxes in front of them um, because I wanted to find out, okay, there's black cubes flying around in the sky. Are there any other black cubes throughout humanoid encounters? And I found like a ton of them where apparently humanoids, uh, and I'm using the term humanoids because they come in all different shapes and sizes. They use uh, black cubes for a variety of different ways. And it is part of their get up. It is part of like their bat utility belt. Uh, and they'll use black cubes to either paralyze people, uh, put them in a trance, or communicate. It is like they're all in one kind of like cell phone. The way we use cell phones for everything, they use this like black cube device that they uh, keep with them as their multi-purpose tool to do any number of things to us humans. And we just respond to it. It's uh, whatever technology it is, we just respond to it. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, I will, I'll give you, for instance, right here. So this is uh, out of uh, Finland. Uh, January 7th, 1970. Two men, they were out skiing at about 5 p.m. They heard a loud buzzing noise and a flashing uh, and saw flashing lights in the sky. Um, they said that the, the light was uh, reddish gray and then there was some mist and smoke that appeared. They noticed a 10-foot round object in the mist and they so they started to head towards this object. As they did, a light beam was produced, causing the men to be pushed back a bit. And then this creature emerged from the craft. The creature was about three foot tall. It had slanted, narrow, narrow shoulders. It had a waxy face with a hooked nose, uh, small ears. It was wearing green overalls and dark green boots, had a pointed helmet, and it had in his hand what looked to be a black box with a round opening that was emitting a yellow pulsating light. The creature 
pointed the box at the men. Uh, a reddish green mist started to appear, and then large sparks erupted from the box and the UFO. The men said, to hell with this. We're getting out of here. They abandoned their skis and ran as quickly as they could back to their cabin. Uh, over the next few days, both the men suffered from radiation sickness, body pains, vomiting, memory loss, and headaches. But there's a, another story of uh, a, a, a daughter and father encountering someone in 1962 in Austria. They picked up a strange hitchhiker because he was handsome who was also just so happening, happening to be holding a black box. So they gave him a ride for a little bit. The guy was kind of freaking out in the backseat, playing with his box. As the, the father said, this is no good. I'm not, I'm not giving this druggie a ride home. Uh, they pulled over, and the guy refused to leave the car, at which point he pointed the black box at the, uh, at the, the daughter who was driving, riding up front, paralyzed her, and then pointed it at the father, paralyzed him, Put him in the car. This guy sat in the back seat with the two humans paralyzed up front. And they said they were paralyzed, but completely aware of the situation. They said the, the car drove on its own about another few miles down the road, pulled in behind an abandoned gas station in which the this guy got out, started to collect vegetation and then talked into his black box, leaned inside the window uh, thanked them for being so nice and then turned into a, a column of light and darted off. And then the witnesses woke up the next morning and went home. So weird. There's so like, I have like so many different uh, encounters like this of these weird creatures using black boxes. Um, oftentimes from the 60s, they appear to be uh, blonde humans uh, wearing uh, like tight-fitting, almost diving suits, but shiny. And they they have a glass visor up in front of them, uh, and they appear to be wearing some sort of oxygen tank. Uh, mostly nice, but they don't seem to have any regard for the well-being of the human. And in fact, they're kind of dicks at times. They'll, they're like they're like whatever they 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 kind of blow people off, um, and but uh, when there is like a like a smallish entity, they uh, they are typically like green or wear green overalls. They have some kind of uniform at least in most parts of the world. They have like uh, overalls as is described. No, they're described as dwarves and they have coveralls and work boots. It's it's weird. <laughs> So the weird thing about the black cube, though, is, I mean, so much in our in our sort of modern day and even mythology is about the black cube. You know, there's the the Kaaba, Kaaba in, in Mecca. I mean, there's even a uh, an intelligence firm that's called the black cube that uh, that'll help you when no one else can. I mean, I should just actually share this quickly, too. There's, uh, it's 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 pretty. Uh, well, Star Trek, the Borg, the Borg rode around and, and flew around in a in a Borg cube, which is a black cube. Yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't the space odyssey? Wasn't two thousand one about that too? This space odyssey or something? Or was well, that, that they had an obelisk, which was a oh, black okay, it, a black obelisk. Yeah. It was a black triangle, but I'll go with you. So look at all this stuff. I mean, these are these are some of the just the the logos and stuff. Of course, Black Rock, but but then you get into like. The black cube decoded. The black cube represents Set, the ancient Egyptian god of evil, darkness, chaos, war, and conflict. Um, this is this is Denmark, uh, Berlin, 
Jewish museum. Like, wh- why, why, why would you just like make these black cubes like for art? Italy, Hamburg, Endover. Like, look at all these. It's not like like the cube is not like a like a fun design thing, you know. Like when it yeah. comes to art, like the, the playing around with cubes and and tr- and squares are not fun design elements. So there's something particular to it, and suspect you're right. It has to go back to some kind of a cult practice. Yeah, yeah, and I mean maybe maybe it's because they've been having these encounters all along. I mean that could be like this black cube could be around for you know encounters with entities with black cubes and then they start to use black cubes in the you know mythology and worship well, do you, do you think else. it's related to those like purse things that those dudes are all carrying around back in the day you know like in the like what's in the fucking bag dude that 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 meme yeah yeah those like yeah they're in egypt they're in all those old hieroglyphs and pictures it looks like a purse but it could be like uh maybe it's the bag that the black cubes in you know i hadn't even thought of that I was just going on what these people are are saying, and it could be as simple as like, yeah, like throughout time, people have been assaulted by humanoids with a black cube. And so they wake up and they draw it as uh, and reference it as a point of power. And then it's just over time considered that it is a point of power. That thing can zap us. It can take our memory. It can make us pass out. It can do all these different things. So it is the, the tool of power. Interesting. And and really, I feel like the sightings of these UFOs, these orbs with the black cubes in them have increased. I mean, I think I know I think I know somebody that's even seen that. Um, and it seems like you're, you're seeing a lot of them online. Like for once, we're getting actually like videos that don't seem to be hoax that do seem to have some fear with something inside of it. Yeah. And that's the diff. like there there does appear like I've seen some pretty like interesting footage of like during thunderstorms, there's some sort of cube in the clouds now it could be all bs like effects um i like to think that i'm you know savvy enough to pick it out but maybe i'm not but there's there seems to be yeah a lot more black cubes lately than i i've seen in the 90s and early 2000s so the ones that the encounters that you were looking up what's the time span of, of those ones that you found uh uh Throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and up to 2001. And they're all fairly similar. The only thing that is a variation is the overall look of the humanoid who chooses to use the cube and the interaction themselves. Um, some uh, appear uh, are curious about the humans and like i said the others are, are very dismissive like in one in, in uh, another one from 62 in austria as uh this person was being plagued by high pitch like frequencies in their apartment um they suddenly heard a telepathic message urging them to leave their apartment and they just kind of like on automatic pilot got up uh left uh the city and uh, Vienna and went out to the, the nearest uh, forest clearing at which point in time he did, they just kind of stood there. They saw an object drop from the sky and it was a saucer. They said it, it landed down and three man like figures all came out, all wearing tight fitting clothing, black and brown suits, heavy looking shoes. One of them carrying a box 
And then they uh, they all had glass visors covering their face. They were all about six foot tall, and they were speaking an unknown language. But then one of them pressed a button on the box. A red light emitted, hitting the witness right in the eyes. And all of a sudden, the witness could then understand what they were saying. Um, And they were speaking to this witness in a slight German accent. The humanoids uh, told the witness that uh, they could not reveal their point of origin. And that, uh, yeah, uh, humanity is uh, mean and selfish, and uh, they are outnumbered. The mean and selfish humans are out are completely outnumbering the good humans by millions and millions. And they warned this person that uh, he was in danger. And soon after, this guy suffered a mild heart attack, but recovered. I wonder if that, you know, I wonder if that comes back to what you were saying about. Uh us manifesting our reality you know if, if we've become a mean and nasty species over the you know like 51 percent kind of thing maybe we are going to manifest our own destruction you know just from our our psyche and that could be it too the more people are that believe start really truly believing in ufos the more they may come into existence yeah that's what that's what i think is happening how is the phenomenon going to react to this accelerated disclosure i mean that's you know, if, regardless of what the truth is, something's going on. If they feed off of our belief system and our like like us being consciously aware of them, then there will be a tipping point at a certain point in time. Yeah. Like there's like a, a certain number that of, of like like your psychic energy going into that the intention that you have going into like, oh, I, I, I believe that the aliens are real. And then there's a tipping point where then they're just going to be all around all the time or there's they're going to be a lot more prevalent like that like like goldie hahn like goldie hahn the actress um has been hitting the news lately because she had her own alien encounter and it all started with her looking up at the stars and saying that she wanted to meet an alien and then a few months later she had an alien interaction so during that her wish or her ask, she she must have genuinely wanted that and felt that she wanted to meet an alien, and she said she had one. She had an experience. So, my my sighting in Israel was me looking up, going, "Please come back, please come back," because I, I wanted to see the thing too. Because all my friends saw something, and I wanted it too. And then it, it appeared. <laughs> Fucking strange. If all your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge now? <laughs> if there was a UFO down there, maybe. <laughs> So what do you have any do you have any predictions at all for what what we're going to see in the next little while? I mean, I it's, think it's going to I think well, I think next year is going to be kind of chaotic. Uh we got a, we got another solar eclipse happening and it's coming right over United States. I think it's going to hit little parts of Canada too. Contact at the cabin.com baby come eclipse festival with us down in Texas. You going down to Texas to do it? We're doing our first ever festival. With the Brothers of the Serpent and Ben from Uncharted X. Oh, we're wow. Bands and we're going to party. We got camping. You guys are doing that during the, the eclipse? We're doing yep. that on the path of totality so that people can get there early. They don't have to leave. They can watch the fucking eclipse, stay again that night, and then leave to beat the traffic. See, we were like, OBDM was going to do something like that, but the people who are organizing, I'm horrible organizing. Uh, they wanted to do it at some place in Arkansas or Mississippi, and it wasn't close to any sort of uh, 
airport or transportation center. So it'd be very hard to get there. And it's like, I don't know if I want to go out into the middle of Arkansas with no real way to get out of there. And so let's postpone it. Let's see what happens after the eclipse. And then maybe we'll have a meetup. <laughs> I don't trust. Yeah. Well, you can come to Texas. Come you, to guys, you guys are tucked away up there in Canada. So. Have you I heard got, about this? Uh, have you heard about this remote viewing conf- confirmation of Bob Lazar's story? No, I didn't. Yeah, it sounds sounds super fascinating. Fascinating too. I don't know if I, if I, uh, yeah, shit, I didn't. I didn't uh, make. A I'll look it up. But there's the, but there's so many stories coming out now. It is incredibly difficult to keep track of it all. And like some of these, the major UFO events, like the further you get away from them, the the less information that you get is going to be reliable. And so I'm like going back through all my old UFO magazines I collected old books from the fifties and sixties and just trying to pick up little tidbits here that maybe were forgotten. Um, and, uh, it just, it, everything is so sensationalized now and it's tough to dig through all the BS, uh, but, uh, that's what's that finding anything. Um, just like, uh, like with these human encounters like this. So, um, like I, I, that's what I kind of look into. I'm very interested in people's encounters with, with these entities. And it seems like for the most part, this is not a hard and fast rule, but it seems like for the most part, if you see three humanoids, I'll just say aliens for the sake of brevity. If you see three aliens and they see you, you most likely are going to get abducted. Uh, they will like, they usually come in threes and then there'll be a fourth one as the, uh, almost like the, the watcher, the organizer. Uh, if you see more than that and they don't notice you, or at least they, you think they don't notice you, they're more interested in the environment, collecting samples from the environment. Um, and so they're not really interested in you at all. If you see, if you see just one, um, it's most likely that you could have some sort of communication exchange. Like there's an, like they, they're coming to you on a one-to-one basis. And so they're coming to you almost as an equal, although it's not that, um, but they're, you're more apt to get information out of a one-on-one experience than a three-on-one experience. Also, if you are abducted, uh, it appears as though it is for, uh, biological sampling and they sometimes will force males human males to have sex they will force you and get you aroused by putting jelly on your body it is uh repeated continuously through a lot of abduction experiences where they will put some sort of jelly on you and that will cause the the human male to get aroused and erect in order to have sex, most likely with some non-human. Um, occasionally, they'll have they'll force that person to have sex with another human. Very rare. Usually, it is it appears as though it is some sort of hybrid alien-human or looking kind of like that. Um, and then they'll drop you off and basically leave you alone. So that's like some weird commonalities there, uh, like uh, they. It's it is bizarre. Like when they they do abduct people, they're they seem to be obsessed with our reproduction. Have you had any experiences at all? Uh, I have memories that I can't place, but uh, um, I don't know if it's an abduction or not. 
I don't know. I have a, a memory from when I was really young. I was probably anywhere from five to seven. Uh, I remember waking up. Uh, it feels like a hospital bed. And my arms are tied to the ends of the bed. I'm laying face down and my, my, my legs are tied down uh, on the corners of the bed too. And I remember looking to my left-hand side and I couldn't, I, being scared and frightened, I couldn't move anything. Um, I started to to cry and look back and I there was this, a figure over my left-hand shoulder standing at the back of the bed. And I remember getting my my left leg free and I remember kicking back at this person and feeling like a lot of uh, like I was really gratified with myself. I was really happy with myself that I could fight back and kick. And I remember that person grabbed my leg, held it back down, tied it again. And then the memory ends. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> but I don't know. I talked to my parents about it. Um, they don't know. They don't know what happened. Uh, I talked to anesthesiologists about it. Like, is it possible? Like, do you tie kids down in the hospital? Cause I had my tonsils out. Uh, it doesn't feel like a dream. Um, it's very vivid. It just doesn't have that, that weight that some dreams have. Um, it felt real. Hmm. Any UFO sightings at all? Like crap? out in, out in Arizona. Yeah. Um, out in Arizona, when we lived there, we did the, uh, nighttime, uh, night vision UFO sightings up in Sedona, Arizona. Wow. That was my bachelor party and it was great. Um, they they take you out in the middle of Sedona, which is incredibly dark. There's really not a lot of light pollution there. They give you these night vision goggles and you look up at the sky and you realize that you only see like at night, maybe one tenth of the stars that are there and that there are satellites going every which way. But, uh, what I saw and my younger brother saw, um, we saw if it was a satellite, it moved across the sky, stopped and then changed direction. I, I don't think you, uh, typically satellites do that that quickly. And that overtly, like, uh, it was crazy. And there's just, there was just a bunch of stuff and there's all these different things moving up high in the atmosphere. And it looked like several of the things that, uh, we saw were leaving our atmosphere and going up into space. It like, it was really tough to kind of like articulate. Cause I'm out there with my, 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 my brothers, uh, my mom and dad, and my mom and dad like indulge me in this stuff, you know, but when they're seeing stuff too, and they're like, it's, it, it's like confirmation. It's like, okay, they're seeing something. Everyone in the entire group is seeing the same thing and there's no real explanation for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Darren, do you got any questions at all? Well, I mean that, that, uh, tie down memory is fucking intense, bro. Yeah. I went to a, went to a psychic about it to see if I could hypnosis or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I considered uh, hypnotic regression, uh, but I'm, I live a pretty good life. I'm a, I'm fairly happy and I don't know if I want to open up that door. Yeah. Cause like, I'm totally fucked up. Right. Yeah. Like it's I, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to 
yeah, weird, but it's like hovering on that edge where you could crack open something where you're like, fuck. It is. And it's like, uh, it's like one of those memories. Like I, I, I think about it less and less, but it still pops up like every, you know, every other day or something like that. Um, and I did for like the longest time I had like, uh, parallel like 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 six dots on my chest they were like uh three dots um in like like parallel order right there i had like marks right there like on my chest just uh below my rib cage and i had them for like years and they faded away and um i don't know what that was about and then i had some other marks but yeah i don't know if i'm important enough to have any sort of abduction experience there's nothing uh special or i don't have any particular abilities um and if i was abducted i don't seem to have any sort of reoccurrence of that maybe it was like a one and done situation like okay we got him but we don't need him like he doesn't really have what we need so what do you think about all these people making contact all over the world on their own the ce5s the the c-seti type stuff there's uh et let's talk i mean there's a whole bunch of different sort of global groups um you know, from the ground up, just looking for for themselves. I think some of them could be playing with fire. And it's almost like when you talk to a Ouija board sometimes. I think sometimes you open yourself up to stuff and you might not be ready for it. Uh, or it might be disingenuous of what you're talking about. Um, I know, like, Dr. Greer, he deals with that a lot of, uh, like, takes people out and they do, like, a med- basically a meditation circle to try to draw in these things to communicate and i think he's had some success with it yeah um i don't i honestly i don't know like is are those the same entities that are crashing here (laughs) um are they something different or is the cosmos so crazy that those are the spirits of of the people that are flying these craft and that the these humanoids that are flying the craft are really just their exoskeleton and their spirits can jump in and out of those at any point in time they're basically uh avatars yeah yeah it's fascinating yeah it's kind of kind of my view too nowadays about that it, it seems like 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 the the more you go into like some of the, the deep ufo lore it does get very scientology um like there's a there's an audiobook on the on the uh you can look it up on youtube it's called uh i think uh roswell interviews and it's uh, it's claimed to be di- a diary of a nurse who was at Roswell, and she was the one who attended to the only living creature that survived the crash at Roswell. And this creature only wanted to communicate with this nurse because it sensed the bad intentions from everyone in the military there. And this creature understood that this nurse was there to help it and nurse it back to health. And so they spent days and days together and the military was frustrated that this entity refused to talk to them and only wanted to talk to the nurse. And over the course of uh, several days of communication, this entity conveyed that what they see, the alien body is an avatar and that their spirit can go to and from as it chooses and they can kill the body. It doesn't matter. Their spirit's going to go back up and they'll occupy a new body that is waiting for them. So it's no big deal to them. They said, unfortunately, uh, earth is part of a penal colony, a prison system in which, uh, all, all the, 
uh, artists, all the rebels, all the roustabouts and uh, bad people, uh, bad spirits were put here on on Earth because they were causing too much chaos out there for some other civilization. So we're left in this soul recycling prison system here. They recognize it, but they have no plans of helping us escape until maybe five to 10,000 years from now when they have other uh, uh, other missions are completed. It, it sounds all crazy and bizarre, but the way it's laid out in this uh, audiobook is like, it seems like it sounds so bizarre. It, it there might be some elements of truth to it. It's a prison planet. Yeah, we're like the Australia, the cosmos. Yes, yes. According to uh, that uh, the book, like we like us uh, us humans here on Earth, like we're by nature like a lot of us are artists, and we have a lot of great art here because artists by nature are anti-establishment, and we apparently eons ago, millions of years ago, caused a lot of problems for another space-faring civilization, so they put our souls here to not give themselves any more trouble. And we're about to leave. We're about to leave the planet. So that's I guess we that's, just got to blow up that damn moon. To me, that's why, you know, this is such a fascinating time from an ET perspective, because it wouldn't, wouldn't you want to go visit a planet that is about to leave? I mean, we're in this, like, little cusp here where we're either going to destroy ourselves or start traveling in space. I mean, it's the it's the perfect tourist time. It's exactly what the Borg did in Star Trek First Contact. They wanted to come back and stop the humans from leaving. <laughs> why? Why? What did we? Why? I can't remember what happened. Well, the, the Borg yeah. wanted to come back and assimilate humans before they even left Earth because it turns out two to three hundred years uh, in the future from there the the humans were the biggest threat to the Borgs. So they wanted to come back and take out the humans before they ever became a threat. Fascinating. And they had a, they, 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 they had a cube, a big black cube. So. So you guys have both been doing this for, I mean, you've been doing this longer than we have, I think. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And there's no end in sight. When did you start podcast? 2006. Shit. That was 2006. Like, and if I knew now what I knew back then, you know, it would all be, be different. Be I, I, yeah. You know, I'd be, I would have focused more on paranormal stuff and uh, conspiracies and, and be kind of serious about it. Um, but the show started off, it was me and my friend Bradford, and he was on heroin half the time, and we were drinking. We wanted to be like Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern, and it's tough to do that when you're not an already popular comedian. When you're just a bunch of nobodies, no one really cares that much. But you hang with it for a while, and you know you refine your show, and still having fun doing it. Yeah, people. I mean, there's a bunch of fans of yours in the chat. I mean, people love your show still. Oh, it's um, fun. Yeah, it's I great. do. I do know what you mean, though. It would. It would. Yeah, it would change things if you if you started in a different direction. Yeah, but you can't go back in time, and uh, I'm, I, you know, I don't really have any regrets per se, other than not buying more Bitcoin in 2013. Yeah, more Bitcoin would have been <laughs> a good one. That would have been a good one. I mean, Carl would was even like, just buy a bunch, man, just borrow a thousand bucks and buy five Bitcoin. I'm telling you, 
I was a smart motherfucker. Yeah, he was. Uh, like, and I, I remember 2013. I was sitting on the show with with Joe, my co-host. And he's like, I don't know, Bitcoin's 80 bucks. Should we buy some? And like, Joe's like, I'm getting one. So he bought like a Bitcoin from some guy in the corner. Like he said, he had to go to like because it was so hard to get a Bitcoin back then. He said he got like a USB stick, and he's like, Yeah, I bought a Bitcoin. It's right here. <laughs> Does he still have it? Or I don't know. I you know I should ask him what he did with it. Maybe I think he, he lost it. it. He, he either lost, lost it or he, or he sold it for like 200 bucks. He's like, it's going to go down. I'm going to sell it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. I mean, I lost a Bitcoin when it was, we're down like worth nothing because we were just buying shit with them because it seemed like fake money. Anyway, back to the, the point of the question. You guys both been at this, you know, you've been at this 15 years. Graham's, I mean, Graham's only been podcasting for 10, but I've seen this dude's MUFON card from 30 years ago. So he's like a, a card carrying MUFON member since I was fucking a virgin in high school still. So, I mean, well, how's it changed for you guys? Now it's like the UFOs are on the TV all the time. Back then, nobody gave a fuck what the fuck you guys were talking about. So, I mean, how? I mean, it's got to be somewhat vindicating, right? It's almost annoying. Um, <laughs> like... Like, like I read about this stuff and I've, I've been researching this stuff for many, many decades at this point, And I still don't know everything. I don't, there's so much stuff that you just can't grasp or read. And, um, and then now it's everything's, it seems like the information is polluted and like, there's more people talking about it, which I guess is good, but I don't know if it's more good information. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just, when the government started talking about it, I just, I kind of lost interest at that point. Cause I, I don't really give a shit about the government. I want sci the scientific community and academia to accept it. I mean, that does seem to be shifting a little bit though. I mean, there really does seem to be besides these sort of Mick West types out there, there does seem to be a lot of people that are just accepting it now. You know, it, it, what this has done is it's brought a whole group of the normal people even friends of mine, they're like, hey, the New York Times said that UFOs are real. I believe it now. Like, they needed they needed that confirmation. Yes. So, I, I, brought, it has brought a whole, like, section of the mainstream over. over yeah, and that, to, yeah, to in that aspect, to remove all the, the local news uh, doing, uh, the, like, their, their snide remarks and their laughter every time a UFO is mentioned. So, re removing the shame and the stigma from, from it is a good thing. So then that'll allow more people to come forward and, and do legitimate science, I guess, university level scientific work. I mean, there are already scientists trying to do this, but they're, you know, they're made fun of and they're cast aside and they're not really taken seriously. Now, maybe they'll take them seriously. And people are taking a look at what Randall Carlson's doing with the with the, the energy device that I that's crazy, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all tied sort of together. With it is. Like it's all tied together. I think they're going to use they they might even use disclosure in a way to uh to control that that device in a way or they that sort of uh you know the new technology this clean technology. I think they got I think their plan is if I if I had to be completely morbid here and I will be is they got the tech. They they need to get rid of about I don't know, half the population before they can really roll it out. Um, I think that's part of it. It's uh, much like the civilizations of the past. They had the tech, uh, but there's usually some cataclysm that wipes out the majority of the, the, the human race, and then they keep the tech for themselves. 
And I think that's what's what the the plan is is to get rid of a whole bunch of people, and then they'll use the the tech for themselves to live in bliss. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I I kind of would agree with that. So how are they are they in the midst of doing this right now? Well, they're gonna get like, awful inbred. Uh, they only need like a you know what ten thousand people really to keep a, a a good population going. So how do I get on that list? Uh, do you got any tech? And they they could use some UFO tech. Yeah, good. I I it's handy. It feels like they're just like here. It like uh, in America, it feels like uh, they're using the strategy of tension, where every every piece of content, every piece of news is a uh, is a point of anger, and they're just. It feels like society could just fracture it at any point when you just are engaged online. When you go out there in the real world, it looks pretty normal. It looks like everything's fine. You can have conversations with people for the most part, but it, it seems like the 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 infection of social media is is doing a lot of damage to society. And inevitably, and it, it is just, infiltrating the real world a bit too, yeah. right? Like when in the beginning, it wasn't really. It was just the crazy was online, but it's like more and more you can see it like spilling over into reality. Like that's what the blue hair is. The blue mm-hmm. hair is like Twitter manifesting in reality. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's so next year, it looks like it's going to be a fairly turbulent, turbulent year. I mean, not just because it's an election year here in the United States. Uh, so it's it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be one? <laughs> I think there will. Uh, I think there will be one. I don't know if Joe Biden is going to be involved. Um, he's going to have to be, I guess, technically by default, he will have to be. Um, Trump looks like he's going to be involved. My whole fear with this is like the, there's going to be a swing too far, hard to the right. Um, that people are going to get so sick of like the, the wokeness and all this stuff. You see the riots going on in in Europe with immigration that there's going to be a swing so hard to the right that, uh, it won't be good. Uh, it's like you can't have you can't have nice things like either it goes too woke or it goes too right. I just want middle of the road well, stuff. Well, well, what does that look like though? What is it? How does that? Uh, how does it not look too good? Besides them just maintaining the status quo, thinking that you're going to be sort of free, thinking that you're you know they're going to be sort of for us a little bit more. I mean, in the states, it, because this is going to happen in Canada too. Like this, this is why one of the reasons why I ask is it's happening here as well as well as all over. So I can see in Canada that it happens and then they'll make some, they'll make some changes in Canada um, that, that sort of seem like there's, there's stuff moving along. Cause there, there was a difference back in the day when, when there was a conservative government, there, it seems like there's more of a difference than in the States, but what, What's what the difference? What? I mean, cause when I look, it's like the conservatives always talk a bunch of shit and then they get power and they just like, Sure, they might stop doing shit, but they don't like roll anything back. They could come back and like roll some shit back, but they don't. They're just like, all right, these motherfuckers are getting riled up. So we're just going to put the conservatives in power. So let's shut the fuck up for all. We can put them in power for 10 years. We won't push nothing through. And then, bam, you know, you get a Trudeau that's. And then, you know, because I have, I've yet to see, I mean, maybe there's this, uh, Frodo Baggins motherfucker down in Argentina is going to shake shit up a little bit. 
But it seems to me like, you know, nothing ever comes back. Like the conservatives bitched and bitched and bitched even back in the 90s about the Unconstitutional Firearms Act. But And then they got into power like a couple years later and didn't do a fucking thing about it when they could have done something about it. So I, I don't know that in my lifetime, at least, there's ever been real conservatism. It's more just like a, a fucking, like you said, hold the line because if we go too quick, they get real riled up. Well, what what do you think is going to happen, Mike? I mean, what why why is it going to what's it going to look like when no, it goes I guess too far to the right? I I probably should say it's going to go too far to the neocon, which is like the the right. the Republican war hawks okay. who don't yeah. don't really care um, about civil liberties or the Constitution too much, uh, but they can get things done when it comes to war and business. Uh, I think it'll it'll swing pretty hard that way, and they'll they'll get rid of like some like woke stuff and the things that really don't seem to be working too well for business right now. Uh, they won't make that as uh, agreeable, um, and people will consider that like a win. So there's no more like ESG, and you know Disney will go back to making relatively good stuff, um, and that will make people mostly happy. But you'll have neocons in power, and uh, Unfortunately, I think some people will be happy with that. Yeah, but I feel like the vitriol is, is real coming from the other side. And is the mainstream media and that and the left going to accept it? I mean, if if Trump did go in and, and landslide again, I mean, it, wouldn't it just be fucking chaos? Like they won't let so. that happen. I mean, no, I agree. <laughs> it would be. It would. I think it would be absolute chaos. Yeah. I mean, I don't see. I don't see a world in right. which they would say, you know what, we'll just. He's our president. You know what? We gave him a hard time before, but now he won again, so he's our president. I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, but it's all coming down anyway. So I mean, why not just let him be the guy who? I mean, maybe maybe that maybe the art of the deal dude can fucking prop it up with some fucking wooden sticks or some poles here and there, some guy wires. But I mean, I don't know. From maybe that's what kicks it off. From where I'm sitting, they're trying to immigrate their way out of a fucking real fucking pop population collapse yeah maybe and uh maybe that's why uh our border is the way it is is that we're just trying to pile people in here and uh laws be damned and it, it could be that simple the good news is i think that it's all gonna break before they get to do their like uh elysium shit oh uh space station or whatever off, you know like off the world you're really talking about the 10,000, whatever the fuck, unless they're texts so far ahead now that they're, they're already there. Like I see civilization breaking down at an alarming rate to the point where, you know, it's going Atlas shrugged up in this bitch. Well, I mean, if they have the UFO tech that, you know, Graham and I think that they do, then they basically have their own, their parallel civilization. They have Correct, their, yeah. their, there are leaps and bounds beyond anything. We're driving around in cars that use explosions and firepower, and they have, what, anti-grav drives? So they're becoming a different civilization at this point, and laws no longer apply to them. And so they're going to do uh, whatever it takes to maintain that power, whether if it is uh, human smuggling or running drugs and guns, to get that money, to, to continue the program, to build more UFOs until they're ready to either go underground and let this whole thing fall apart up here or leave world. Yep. I agree. I mean, we've seen another, there's been another sighting of a massive Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, 
lights, Phoenix light style craft, like mile, a mile wide, you know, um, there's, there's these massive sort of almost city size or town, big building size craft that are flying around. I mean, it's crazy. Those, like those that, aren't DT and those are, you know, secret space program stuff or breakaway civilization stuff. Then they've already got it all. I mean, they've already got it. Yeah. They apparently they're flying it back in the nineties over Phoenix, yeah. you know, and like, uh, multiple people saw it like every like i talked to people when i lived in phoenix i talked to people in phoenix and it sucks that not a lot of people who live in phoenix are from phoenix so not many people were there when the phoenix lights took place uh my uncle was there um he worked at the military base and so he as reporters came in that night when the phoenix lights happened he was the one to go out there and talk to them and so he had to talk to the base commander and to verify that there was nothing of theirs up in the air. And his base commander told him, it's not us up there. And that's what he told the reporters. It was only a day later that they came out with the story that it was military flares. Yeah, yeah. And so my, my uncle flat out told me it wasn't us. Wow, that's fascinating. Oh, it wasn't. A, well, it wasn't us that we know of. It, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it wasn't. It could be humans but sure he says it okay yeah. it wasn't anything from that base or the surrounding bases right. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 fucking fascinating yeah there's another big there was another big sighting of a very similar very similar craft recently oh well yeah. i mean that's avenger stuff right there i guess yeah so what do you what do you, what's going on in the future for obdm and, and all that and uh, trying to have as good a time as possible with all the chaos out there that is, I mean, and that really is it, is just trying to digest the news and make some jokes, have some fun, and try to make sense of this chaotic world. And that's really it. Just try to do it like every Wednesday and Saturday and be as consistent as possible. And hopefully we can figure out the news and convey some sort of ideas and information to people. But if not, maybe they can have a few laughs. Where can people find all that stuff and follow you on social media and Union of the Unwanted? Tell us where to find that. Oh, they can go to ourbigdumbmouth.com. Uh, all the links are there or obdmpod.com. And on Twitter, obdmpod and Instagram, obdmpod. Um, yeah, that's it. All the links are there. Do you have you had to adjust to this new uh, environment of social media and not social media, but. Uh podcasting audio video all this stuff like yeah like yeah i was so i went to school for like video stuff so it wasn't like that big of a deal to get hooked up to it and uh like well, i started podcasting to Ustream back in like 2010 but no one showed up you know you're we're streaming live in 2010 to Ustream, but no one cared no one showed up um, it was just one little camera, but now it's all changed. You got stream labs, you got, you got stream yards. And, uh, I think, but now I think newer people coming to pot, li coming to listen to podcasts, they, they kind of expect to see a video of you. I think, uh, they do expect that, but I wish it would go back to just old school, uh, audio. <laughs> I see it's way easier that way. Yeah, like so the way you, no agenda does it. Like they, they, they're not doing any video. Yeah, they never will. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think the landscape's changed, and I kind of agree with you. I think, uh, I think it's catching up. It's catching up to the audio. I probably should be on uh, TikTok more because that's where all the kids are and new audiences 
is. And I, I did my TikTok over there. I did it uh, in 2021 and 22. I released a TikTok video pretty much every other day about uh, UFO humanoid abductions. And I got up to like 100,000 subscribers over there on TikTok. Doesn't matter. Because none of those people, all the any of the my hundreds of thousands of subscribers on TikTok, do not listen to the podcast. They are confined to TikTok. They will not leave. So it doesn't matter. I so the biggest be, audience over there become, doesn't matter. It has to become big enough to be its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's sad. I do the TikTok. I don't even I don't even fucking uh I don't even fucking know what the fuck's going on, to be honest. I just, like, uh, I go on there. It doesn't seem to be what I, so it's supposed to be. It doesn't seem to be the people I followed. I don't know what's happening. It's loud. It's scary. So I just leave, and then I don't go back. I mean, I just, I'm like, I'm the old dude. I'm the fucking old dude. That's yeah. like, what the fuck is going on. That's what, I mean, I got, like, 100,000 subscribers over there, but then I was like, okay, then what? Uh, and so I just left, and I, I don't even go on it. But meanwhile, all my nieces and nephews are on there, and that's where they get their culture from. That's where they get their information and news from. My stepdaughter gets her news from TikTok. So yeah. that's that's what we're dealing with. Well, you got to make TikToks. TikTok. Uh, I think Rockfin might make TikToks automatically or whatever the fuck. I haven't checked out what's going on over there. Have you checked out what these bites are all about? I have no idea what those are about. Me neither. But it's it says it's gonna pick out the most compelling part. I don't know. Okay. How they're gonna know when the most compelling part is. I mean, yeah. just to see a bite and see if it's just like terrible. It's just like a bunch of the worst parts because they don't know. And I mean, it's too hard to tell when people like the thing. You know, I don't know when what the build was. It's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna watch maybe a bite after we're done, right after we hang up here, see what the fuck's up. I would like to know what was interesting. What it thought was interesting. Yeah, that's because it's got to be AI, right? It's what the AI thought was interesting. It's probably listening to uh, the words and on the screen, and then when there's a, like a lot of excitement, that's the most exciting part. So if you start yelling right now, that's going to be the most exciting part. Ah, this is ah, the most exciting part. Yeah, of the this is, yeah, this is exciting part. <laughs> Mike, uh, this has been fantastic. Always a pleasure. Uh, it's been too long. I, I did check. It was August of 2020 was the last time we had in the swap cast. I think it was Holy moly. Yeah. episode 437 for us. Holy Probably way more for you. You've been doing this way the fuck longer. Than Almost 20 years. Yeah. You're going to try and make the 20 year mark. Uh, we're up to episode 1155 tomorrow. Right on. Good Congratulations. Awesome. I guess so. I mean, it's something. Like I tell my, I tell, I tell my friends and family, I do a pot, still do the podcast. And they're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't retired yet. I still do it. I still still have a day job too. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have to do this again. Thanks guys. Have a good night. Okay. You too, Mike. And that was a chat. Midnight Mike from OBDM. What'd you think? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's a good one. Mike's always fun. We had a bunch of people tuning live, probably most of a long time, like fifty or sixty. Oh yeah, a lot of his, a lot of his fans coming over. And, yeah, yeah. yeah like, their show's great. I mean, they do do they do a mix, a good mix. It's like it's like putting this show of ours with with our um with our roundup. 
And that's being like funnier too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Funnier with a bunch of you know uh clips. I mean, if you were funnier, we could really get something going. Jeez, me. I'm just gone. Everybody but, but we, we, would lose, we, would, we would lose the other part of it, which is our great dynamic. <laughs> um we could make but, an effort to be funnier if you want. I mean, if it's gonna make a difference. No, you can't make an effort to be funny though. That just like it ruins it. Yeah, that's true. It's too much. You can't do that. Anyway. I, don't I have, aren't I quick witted? You're the quickest witted motherfucker I know, I think. Maybe. I mean, I should pull that up again. The uh, Mars One application tape. I forget what episode is in, but uh, it'd be easy enough to dig out. If I just search it, it comes up because it's in the show notes for that episode. So maybe we'll dig that up. Big thanks to Mike for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you are one of the few, the 1%, who choose to support our work over here. If you're getting some value from the 631 podcasts that we've released, they're all there. They're all for free. If you like them, if you love them, if you're getting some value from them, send some value back our way. Head over to America.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. And uh yeah, I mean, uh, you can check out adultbrain.ca. We have another podcast. It's all audiobooks and shit. We just released some doozies, some doozies in there. Italian, some vampire stuff. Some Manly P. Hall coming up pretty quick. And a hundred others. So check that out if you like audiobooks. You don't have to pay. You can get a bunch for free. Um, GreatAmericaOutlaw.ca if you want to hear the roundups, the news roundups we've been doing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can get a bunch of more free content over there. And thanks for tuning in live. If, uh, I don't know, that's all I got. Anything else? I think that's all oh, it. Yeah. Thursday, last show from Chestermere. If you guys want to tune in, uh, Thursday night, we got a couple of shows. We got Forrest Neal coming on meditations and, uh, or no, not holistic therapy. That's what it is. And I forget the other one. What's the other one? It is, uh, John Brisson. John Brisson, friend of the show, John Brisson coming back to talk about some fascists. And then after that, the week after that will be the first show ever where uh, nobody's based in Chestermere. So hopefully it doesn't fall apart. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. You're fussing, you're fighting when you come around. Won't be enough. I'm bored Just one kiss Will roll me over Drive me to both sunsets Just one Of the night 
on a wrong turn down the road. Well, just one kiss. Just one kiss, roll me over.
Please.